Hello, gorgeous friends, and welcome to the Embracing Enough podcast. You know, I've always said that women and girls have some incredible stories to tell. And that's what we do here. We share our stories in order for others to feel seen, heard, and hopefully less alone. This is your host, Dina Skippa, founder of Enough Labs, and I am so excited that you're here. And this is our fourth season. I still can't believe it. When I started out this podcast, I had no idea of the types of stories that we would tell, and even more, the impact that we would have. And here we are, continuing to have some much needed conversations around our enoughness, our confidence, and how to own our truth. This season, well, we're doing things a little differently, choosing to shine a spotlight on those who are brave enough to be called a disruptor. We're going deep with folks who have chosen to disrupt things for the better, even if it meant that they had to be the blueprint to do it. It's gonna get real over here, but the hope is that you walk away from each episode feeling more inspired to be a disruptor yourself, whatever that looks like for you, all while embodying the essence of joy, courage, and permission. Listen, I've been on my own journey of embracing my own enoughness, for a very long time. And this season, it just feels like perfect timing to unpack what being a disruptor looks like and how it connects to our own personal definitions of confidence. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. We are back with another episode of Embracing Enough, the podcast brought to you by Enough Labs. It's your girl, Dina. And this is the very first episode of season four that we are interviewing with a dear friend, Marissa Lowe, that I am so excited that she's joining us on the podcast. We have been chatting it up before hitting record in all the ways we are disrupting. And we are just gonna get into it with her story. There's so many powerful lessons that she is gonna share with us today. I cannot wait to get into it. But before we do, let me just give my girl a little intro here. She's got the receipts. (laughs) Marissa, after graduating with a BBA in accounting in 2007, she actually hit the ground running with a career in audit at one of the big four accounting firms, later pursuing a career in financial reporting in the private sector. And then in 2018, she became the only black person, one of two minorities on the executive team as the VP of finance at an obstacle course racing company, doing all that she could to follow the instructions from the parentals (laughs) to work hard, make a lot of money and save. She had a yearning in her soul to give back to her community of strong, driven black women. And over the last three years, she has focused an understanding in her purpose as an individual, relationally and spiritually. Launching the Purple Kitty NY in 2020 allowed her to learn, experiment, and be a resource to her community by providing space and information for individuals to see themselves. Marissa is an embodiment doula, a breathwork practitioner, and a free, courageous, and authentic woman. And I am so excited to have her today on the podcast. Marissa, welcome. Thank you. I love that little intro. This is cute. I'm, I'm excited about this. <laughs> You're going to hear a lot of cutes here, y'all. <clears throat> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, this season is all about bringing people 
onto the podcast, hearing their stories and the ways that they are disruptors. Last year, we had an entire season dedicated to unlearning, as you know. And this season, I wanted to do things a little bit differently, to really intentionally curate a lineup of speakers, people who were going to come onto the podcast and really let us in to what it looks like to be disruptive, what it actually takes. And I'm just so blown away by your story and the journey that you've been on. And so take us back, Marissa. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's, what's your story? Yeah, there's so many parts to my story. Um, <laughs> where do we begin? I would, I would say maybe beginning back during like my college years, really. Um, right. So I always knew, actually in high school, I knew I was, I wanted to be an accountant. I took an accountant class. I was like, this is it. Um, I'm a Virgo, right? So we, we know exactly what we're going to do. We, we plot out the whole plans of, of the structure of what our life is going to be. And that's what it's going to be. Um, so I went to school to be an accountant. I, I graduated, I graduated and went directly into working as an auditor at PricewaterhouseCoopers, one of the big four um, accounting firms. Um, I nearly passed out when I got the acceptance letter from them, but, um, yeah, I did that for many years. And then I went into the private sector as, uh, like working with financial reporting as just a, a regular accountant. And then, um, I dabbled in wedding planning for a little bit cause that was something to do. I don't know. <laughs> and then I found my job at this company called Tough Mudder. Um, and I, I was working as a temp at first, making less than I did when I first graduated from, from college, which was really interesting, but I worked my way up and I would, became accounting manager and then controller. And then knowing that the business wasn't in its best position, but my, my boss was quitting and she was like, you should just go for this VP position. Even if you don't want to stay here, like get your money up, get the experience and the title and then go with wherever you feel like it, right? And so I did that and I realized I've been doing all the things that I was told to do, that society said to do, a good girl is supposed to do, working hard, all of that stuff, finding nice enough men, like doing, like being a good auntie, okay, traveling, all of that stuff. But um, I still realized like I was kind of unsatisfied, um, not kind of, I was unsatisfied. <laughs> And so when the, like right before the pandemic, I had decided that I was going to quit my job at the end of 2019. Um, and so I start, I, I filed my business as an LLC in June of that year. I started going to conferences cause my job paid for it. Okay. I started using a money. Right. Um, and I got to December and I was like, Ooh, I'm not sure. I think I'm a, I think I'm gonna say it is, I don't know. Uh, and then three of our our um, vendors had put forced us into bankruptcy because we wasn't we weren't able to pay them. Um, and then it became we weren't able to pay our employees, so we had to uh, let everybody go. Um, so if I wasn't going to leave, the universe said, uh, "We're just going to make you leave, <laughs> and you get to start this business." And then the pandemic happened. And so she was like, it's, it's time, it's time to, to do this. Right. 
um, and I met a nice young man. We were living our cute little life in, in Albany during the pandemic, Albany, New York. Um, I'm from Queens and I was living in Brooklyn when I met him, but the pandemic happened right as I went for a date with this man. Can you believe that? Yes, I can. <laughs> right as I went for a date to Albany and I didn't take my car, so I had I took the bus and they shut everything down, so he had to bring me back home. Um, and we had a great time together throughout that you know, quarantine period and decided to move in together. And I moved to Albany and everything kind of fell apart for our relationship within like a month. And that is when I started really digging into my my healing journey, my self-awareness journey and this business, really. That is when I, I was like, I don't have a, a, I do have a choice, but the choice is me, right? And so I, um, I went away one weekend and came back and I was like, hey, my name's on the lease too. You can go ahead and move out and I'm gonna stay here. And yeah, that's the face he made too. <laughs> For and those so of you who can't out. see my face, my mouth just dropped. <laughs> yeah, I said, you can go ahead and move out. I love you immensely. He taught me a lot. So there's nothing negative to say about, about him and that relationship. But um, I was like, you can go. And I realized that I, because I realized that I was the common denominator in my relationships not working. And I got to stay in Albany and, and, and learn more about myself and why they weren't working and what was going on and to sit with myself. Cause I could have ran back to Brooklyn easily, right? I know everybody there. I could have my support system, but I had to sit with myself. So that's what I did in Albany for two years, really getting to know myself, really digging into my, my um, like studies for creating my business, experimenting in my business. Um, yeah. And then we did something else revolutionary after that. But I guess we'll stop. We'll stop here. <laughs> I mean, don't stop. <laughs> the story, oh. what, what's so interesting, right? We're going to get into it. But I think what's so interesting is, one, you and I have very parallel tracks in how our businesses came to be. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes I think about what we both have created and how much we created it from a place of what we knew instinctively, intuitively is needed. Yeah. And it's cliche and it's oftentimes shared with me, but we create what we need ourselves. Yeah. And so you yeah. being brave enough, bold enough to really sit with yourself in that excavation period is what created the foundation for the Purple Kitty New York, mm-hmm. which I think is so so incredible yeah like yes you you read your bio and you know big four accounting vp of finance Mm -hmm. hustle grind good girl getting it all done the trappings of success and making Mm -hmm. it work Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden disruption yeah brought on by a global pandemic brought on through a relationship but brought on by this deeper call Yes. So I'm curious, in this moment, first of all, thank you for sharing that with mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I'm putting this topic out there to you. Do you consider yourself a disruptor? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. What, is it, what <laughs> does it mean to you? Um, so I've been reflecting on this because I, I, I knew this was a top, the topic. For me, it's the way in which I live my life. Mm-hmm. That is what I find revolutionary. Um, I continue to do things afraid, 
<laughs> but I I do them because in my body I know that I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I there's no one that can stop me so the way in which I live my my life is disruptive and I say that uh, because sometimes people who are who love me and who want such great things for me and who have an idea of who they think I am because of how I've shown up so far um, kind of have this idea that I, I can't do more or be more or uh, go beyond what it is that they have to find for me and that means sometimes I have to leave them behind mm -hmm. and disconnect from them or um, yeah disconnect from them and the, the what I'm thinking about right now is my relationship with my father mm. like I love him I love him dearly I, I even have part of his name so my father's name is Maurice right and my name is Marissa with a C <laughs> right and so I love him dearly he has taught me so much how to cook how to change a tire like all of the things right to, to keep me safe um, but also is worried about my safety and my security if I do not have a job and if I do not have like a retire, like I have retirement, okay. I I was an accountant. I know what I'm what I'm doing, right? <laughs> Who are you without the four hundred one k? Who are you right. without the exactly. safety? Everyone's like, scared I, for you. Yes, I yeah. And he, so his his fear for me um, was kind of holding me back. So right before uh, we met each other. I had decided to embark on a on a, a a new journey for myself, right? And I came to New Orleans in August of 2022 uh, because I was in a momentum uh, advance, and I just wanted a change of scenery. A friend of mine had a home in New Orleans, and I was like, "Can I just go stay there for a weekend?" Uh, while I take this virtual course, I know I got to be in the house, but at least I can be in a different house. And so I flew to New Orleans. I have a friend who has um, who works for airlines, so I get some tickets. Okay, yes. Whatever. So <laughs> I flew to New Orleans and I fell in love immediately. Like I had already been thinking about moving um, out of the country. All of the places on my list were out of the country. Okay, they were not here in America. And I, I got that Caribbean feel. Like people were growing limes and papaya outside. There were palm trees. The weather was warm, but it felt like home. It felt like parts of New York and other places that I've been before. And so I took that advanced course. And the thing that they told me in that course that changed my life, honestly, was that uh, I was a reluctant superhero, which meant like I was a superhero who did not want to do their job and I needed to step up and step out. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> And that's when I made the decision um, to not only stop hiding behind my business because my, originally my business was putting other wellness practitioners in the forefront and just me in the background organizing the things. That was the original uh, it, concept for the Purple King yes, New York. Exactly. And uh, this that was just a call for me to stop hiding. So I flew back home. Actually, I extended my stay a few times because it's a good time here. Um, but I flew back home and had a couple of conversations with the people, the practitioners like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to shut this down for right now uh, because I need to be at the front of this. And it's, and everybody understood, 
right? And I also said I'm moving to New Orleans. <laughs> so I'm selling everything. I sold everything in September. <clears throat> and I put whatever fit in my car. In my car. And a friend of mine said she would ride with me. And October 1st, I started my journey to New Orleans <laughs> in my car. <laughs> and, you know, my father, he... He, I could tell that he um, he responded with a lot of anxiety, like the polar ice caps are melting and like New Orleans is not going to be there anymore. Who's going to take me to the doctor and all this other kind of stuff. Mind you, my father still drives. We live three hours away from each other and when I was in Albany and he took himself to the doctor. Okay, he was fine. <laughs> but I, he, you know, I just knew that I still had to go. And it came to a, a, a head where we actually had a really big blowout conversation where I realized I was in a shower and I was like, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I don't have to prove to you that this is a good decision for me. This is the best thing for my life. And I, I actually said that. I was like, I don't have to prove anything to you, you know? Um, and that that is a difficult one, especially to our parents where we're taught to respect them and honor them and all these things, which I do. But I also respect myself and I respect what my body is, is saying and what my higher self is saying. And it's like, you need to go. Even if I wasn't coming to New Orleans, I was going somewhere that wasn't New York or Albany, right? And so that for me is being a disruptor, is trusting my body, trusting my higher self and knowing that I'm always going to be provided for. Like. At the very least, worst, I can go back to an accounting job. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but if I had to, I could. Or I have, I have gained skills that I could, I could kind of work everywhere, anywhere. That's just who I am, and I believe that. So that, for me, is being a disruptor, just trusting myself. I love it. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of courage to step into that calling that I think just knowing yourself, knowing your intuition, knowing that inner voice that you can't yeah. quiet down no matter how yeah. hard you try at times. <laughs> yelling. Yelling. Okay. And she just gets louder. <laughs> and yeah. so I just, what I think is so interesting is that you had this vision for the Purple Kitty New York as this community of practitioners, which like, let's just acknowledge how expansive that is to leave a very traditional corporate nine to five to answering this calling. And then you decide to move to New Orleans and mm -hmm. stop being the reluctant superhero, stepping in, being more visible. Talk to us about this foundation you're now building, because I feel like in side of conversations where we're talking to people who are absolutely disruptors, that they're mm -hmm. looking to be one solution inside of the change that you want to see. Um, I think there's periods of when we're building that can really feel isolating. And I don't mean to project, maybe you're not feeling that way, but I'm curious, like what are your thoughts around these, the period that you're in right now, where you yeah. are creating this body of work through your breath work and through, you know, all of these retreats that you're hosting. Talk to us about where you're at. Yeah. It, no, you you hit it right, like like we would say in corporate, right on the nose. Right on the nose. <laughs> um, I'm like, why do we have to hit noses or like, yeah. birds with stones and different or, things like or that? Or put pins in things or circle yeah, like, back. <laughs> let's let's talk about this now. 
we're, we've both been in corporate. We all know this. We both know the speak. Let's just let's get into it. Um, yes, it, it, it has like these last two weeks, per se, have been very isolating for me. The one thing that I did learn that I carry with me from like staying in Albany is that all I need to do is go outside. <laughs> right. Like in Albany, I didn't know anyone. So if I wanted to pr promote my business, if I wanted to make friends, if I wanted to practice some of the, the work that I was putting in, like in isolation, I needed to go outside. And so when I moved to New Orleans, that's what I started to do. I was very blessed to have met a young lady who was from New Orleans. She was living in Albany uh, maybe about two years ago, and she was about to move to New Orleans, move back home to New Orleans. And I bought a painting from her. And so we kept in touch, I guess, on um, on Instagram. And when she saw that I was moving here, she was like, I have to show you around. And I was like, okay, girl, yes. So she she took me around and I, I you know, took some notes as to different places that I could visit. And so when I was on my own, I just started popping into different businesses and talking to people and asking them, hey, how do you feel about, you know, businesses that come from other cities, um, in, like being incorporated in your community, what are the needs here and different things like that, just asking questions. It, it did help that I was in leadership at the time and y'all were like, listen, you need to um, try some things, be outrageous. And so <laughs> that's what I was doing. But um, I had two years in Albany where I, I had experimented with this kind of thing. So when I moved to New Orleans, it made it a little bit easier. Um, I did also move here with a friend that was staying with me for, for a bit of time. So that made it a little bit easier. Um, but since within the last month, we decided to se be separate because it's important for me to, to live on my own and, and, and be on my own. Um, when it when it's time to come home and restore myself, like I could be outside all day, but Marissa needs some restoration time to myself because um, I'm very much a highly charismatic, energetic kind of person. And it, yes, it is real, but also I need to come home and rest so that I can recharge and be able to be that regularly. <laughs> right. Um, but recently, I have been feeling a bit isolated, mainly around the boundaries that I get to create. Um, I get to create in my business that, that I'm doing. So if there are people, like, for instance, I was asked to do breath work at an event. And when I, before I got there, I was trying to communicate with the person, like, let me come see the, sp the space and let me understand what, what you're looking for. And there was really a lack of communication. Um, and so I just was like, I'm going to go and see what it's like. And if it's, if it's not conducive to doing the practice, the session that I, that I want to do, then I just won't, I won't hold space. Cause it was like part of Mardi Gras parade, part of, it was like a whole thing. And I pulled up to the space. It was beautiful, but it just did not, it did, it would not serve the people there for me to do breath work. So I didn't do it. And um, that was really, it was really difficult for me to make that decision because one, that means I can't get paid for not doing anything, <laughs> right? And two, like, um, it may shift the relationship between me and this person, which 
it did because I, you know, I responded to them later. Like I wasn't able to do it. I canceled the invoice, and you know, it it just wasn't the right space for us. And I heard nothing. I still haven't heard anything from this person since. Um, and that kind of that kind of sucks because I was building a relationship with them. And so that that isolation is like, did I do something wrong? I I, I start to I start to like disconnect from the outside. I'm starting to to judge myself. Like, has this situation happened with other people? Is it me? All these kind of things. And I'm like, girl, sit down. It is okay. Holding boundaries is important. Understanding that there's a certain like breathwork doesn't have to look a certain kind of way. And there, I'm not attached to any sort of outcome, but I'm also, I also need people to respect what, what my needs are in order to deliver the experience that they deserve. Yeah. And if I can't give people the experience that they deserve, then I, I won't do it. I won't do it. I, I think this yeah. is so fascinating, like not only from a place of you're creating something new and you are your own blueprint, but I think also as female entrepreneurs starting out and creating their own outfit, um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but your story just now is, I think, such a, a, a similar experience that so many people can relate to. I know I have in terms of wanting to be really clear about what you offer mm-hmm. and then juxtaposed with, well, I have to be available. And then mm-hmm. you getting to interrupt, disrupt that own pattern of thought and say, actually, this doesn't align with what I'm doing. Because right. for a while, at least in my business, I was saying, I was like, I'm just going to be a yes, whatever opportunities come my way. And that's beautiful and expansive, but it also doesn't honor your boundaries. And yeah. so you're twisting yourself into a million versions of a pretzel for whatever anyone needs. And how is that honoring what you set the intention out to create? So I think like, thank you for sharing that because it is hard when you're set out to build the thing that you want to build and that you know is needed and then really standing in that integrity to be like, Mm -hmm. nah, this ain't it. Yeah. And it, it is, it is more, it's also about listening to what your body is saying. I have had, um, in, in coming to New Orleans, it was a it was a brave, courageous thing to do. It was an amazing thing to do. People were supporting me, all of that kind of stuff. But it was taxing. It it changed. I shifted my life, right? And so I I drove down here, but I stopped in different cities, D.C. and Virginia, all these different places. So I got, it took me 18 days because I was stopping. Um, and then when I got here, a friend of mine, a friend of mine who was who rode with me, she was staying with me. We had a retreat that was coming into to, to town um, within a couple of days after me getting here. So I had people staying with me then. We went to the retreat. I supported that. And then afterwards, I had a friend who was like, can I stay, you know, can I stay here with you for a little bit of time after this? And my body said no. <laughs> my body 100% said no. You know what my mouth said? Yes. I said yes. I feel, do I remember, was I present? Were you, right, I remember exactly when this happened. Can you tell us what that showed up like? Like, yeah. be specific around yeah. your body saying no, but you saying yes. What was going on I for you? I said yes. And, you know, she, she, she came and she stayed with me. And not only stayed with me, but in my bed too. 
right? So it wasn't only like I had been, I had moved my life. I, I always lived by myself. <laughs> I had space to myself. Oh, also, I, I grabbed a dog on the way. So I had a puppy dog <laughs> traveling down here. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> As one does. So um, waking up at random times of the morning, it was just a lot. But it showed up, me saying yes to the note in my body, it showed up as hives. And it wasn't just a little hive on my leg or whatever. It was my legs, my back, my chest, my face, like some, like some in my hairline. It was everywhere, right? Um, and they were so uncomfortable. And I am more, uh, I'm more holistic. So I did go to the, the ER eventually or where the urgent care eventually and they were like i don't know it might have been something you ate you might have all these might have been and you could take some steroids and some antibiotics and i was like absolutely not so i'm not doing that <laughs> um but a natural way also maybe a longer way of healing and i um i chose to to take the longer path i i knew someone who was into herbalism and different things like that so I called her immediately and you know I was hesitant to create a relationship with her for other reasons but when I reached out she called me immediately and she was like hey these are the things that you can do and it was such a beautiful experience with this person but a friend of mine said take a picture of yourself how you look right now and I was like okay she was like so that you are reminded whenever your body says no and you go against that what it could look like what it feels like what the experience is and that was one of the most impactful um, things someone could say to me in that moment. Um, because now when I'm feeling the, the no in my belly, in my body, I, I have to stop and listen to what it's saying and then say the no. Even if the no is some jumbled set of words with tears in between them, because that has been happening a lot too, <laughs> right? Now that I'm I'm here, this is my this is where I'm supposed to be. This is my opportunity to really make my business soar. So I cannot allow uh, my people pleasing, my having to prove, my unworthiness thoughts to get in the way. So whenever there's a, a no that needs to be said or some clarity that needs to be to be made with my friends specifically, friends for me are like deep family intimate relationships so that has been really difficult but like the no's get to come out in a way that is filled with love but if with a struggle with a tear with a extra long explanation if it needs to be but it's a no <laughs> it's a this is a, a new marissa so i'm in this like shedding i feel like i'm in this i feel like a snake right now like i'm in this shedding season and it's like the last bit of my casing is on my toe and I'm just like, Ugh. come on, come on <laughs> new skin. Like, come on, new skin. Just <laughs> shaking that last piece off. Um, but yeah, for anyone who, who feels like, first of all, we, we need to learn how to listen. Not need to. We get to learn how to listen to what our body is saying. And when you hear it, don't ignore it. Mm. Yeah. Why do you think that women struggle so much with listening to what their body and their intuition is telling them. Because really, I think this is at the crux of 
disrupting your own thought patterns. Like, and I knew this was gonna happen inside of these conversations because you being a disruptor also has you inside of the conversation, inside of the conversation that's happening within. So like reflecting on your own experience and then all of the work that you've done with women, why do you think we, we resist it? I think it's, it's conditioning Mm. to take care of everything outside of ourselves, to take care of our families, to take care of, um, our homes to protect everyone around us even when we may be in danger and unsafe um and so we start we start our we start out our days with what is going on in an email what is going on on social media what is going on with our partner and our children and everyone else um and we forget about the things that that we need or not forget we are, we consider it being selfish if we focus on the things that we we need right um and it's also of around how we've been taught to perform mm-hmm. <laughs> from from kind of like i don't want to say inception but from a very early age right um to put on a cute face and a cute outfit and to be pleasant right and to be nice and the word nice, I have recently looked up the, the definition of the word, right? It's, it's agreeable, right? But if you look up the etymology of the word, like the origins of the word, it is ignorant, stupid, to not know. So I, I am no longer interested in being nice. I'm interested in being kind and compassionate, right? <laughs> but nice is not really, is not, is not here. And we have been trained to be these good, nice girls, right? And if we're not that, then that means we are mean or we are a a bad person or we are not helpful and all these other kind of things. And that is just so untrue. And someone I I know here met recently, he was like, yeah, I mean, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. I love that. You, I think just for anyone listening, I know there are so many people who needed to hear that. Yeah. And the courage again, that it takes to disrupt that conditioning mm-hmm. where you no longer have to put your needs aside so that others can be comfortable so that you can yeah. move through this world agreeable so that yeah. everyone else is okay. Is something yeah. that I hear Marissa, on the daily that yeah. women are struggling with. And, and this preconceived notion of like, but I'm selfish. I'm a horrible person if I take care of my needs first. If I don't make sure that I'm checking in and worrying and all of the things. Mm-mm. It's, so I'm curious. We're talking about disrupting these thoughts around our expectations, around the shoulds that we grew up listening. So what would you say as we close out this conversation that I do not want to close out right now because I literally could sit on this Zoom with you for the next six hours and unpack so many other topics, but for another day. Um, I'm curious, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to... Okay, first, I want two, two ways to answer this. What's one piece of advice that you would give to women that you're working with 
who are struggling to hear their no and attend to it? That's my first question. Who are struggling to hear their no. Or struggling to breathe. acknowledge that, that the no. Breathe. Breathe. Yeah, breathe. I just did. That, what did I just did? Breathe. I, so the reason why I do breath work is, is because it has helped me find my voice and helped me listen to myself, right? Hearing the first sound we hear, like, is our own, our own sound. Our, well, maybe our mom or whatever, but you know, like we, we know what our, our, our voice sounds like and, um, just taking a moment to breathe and not just like, like that shallow breath that, and really listen to, to what we sound like. Right. I think as women specifically, we, um, we are suffocating ourselves because we're always doing and being and always, always on we're not even breathing fully through our bodies. So we can't even hear. <laughs> we can't even hear what our bodies are saying if we're not taking a moment to just breathe a little bit, right? And so, yeah, I would say just breathe. Fully breathe. If anyone didn't wait until the end of this episode to catch that gem, I am so sorry for them. Because do you understand how profound? Obviously, you get it because this is your work. This is a daily practice. This is everything that you are doing. I forget for the world. Though, so thank you. <laughs> the the embodiment doula, breathwork practitioner herself, Marissa Lowe, forgets to breathe, and that's okay. But like, no. But seriously, that idea of we're so caught up in the doing and the overextending and making sure that everyone else is okay that that fills our body with like the almost the inability to breathe properly mm -hmm. and it creates all that frenetic energy and you can't even get clear about what what is trying to make its way to the surface right oh i like this summary and that it's was great. but it's so okay and it's literally the easiest thing that we can do, yeah. and yet you know yeah. that women are constantly looking outside of themselves, okay, but I need to fix this, and I need to do this, and I need to make this better, so what else can I do to fix this? When it's like the thing that's with you and available to you all the time costs zero dollars. Zero And is with you at any moment, 2 a.m., 12 p.m. Yes, you know what? On a Tuesday in the afternoon. <laughs> So the question you asked me right before that, I have, I read this book, Untamed, by Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you read it. Oh, no, I have no idea what that book is. Of course I know what this book is. It's such a good book. I read it with my niece. We yes. did like a whole book club oh, us together. That. It was great. But the thing, but the, one of the stories that she shared was she has, she has a son and two daughters. And she remembers like the, the kids sitting in the living room where the boys were together playing video games and the girls were together doing whatever they chatting or hair or whatever they're doing. Right. And she asked them if they were hungry, if they wanted a snack and the boys didn't look up from their video game. They were like, yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. That's what I want. Yes. That's the what I girls want. 
took when they were asked they were like looking around at each other like are we hungry like are you hungry like do we want a snack like they're checking in are you gonna say yes because if you say yes then that'll be okay for me to say yes but i don't want to be the first one to say yes if you're not going to say yes (laughs) this is this is this is what we do we look outside and when a lot of times men are just like this is what i want that's what i'm gonna get that's it they, oh my they, god! I don't even know if they take the time to check in either. So whatever. But that's another that's another podcast episode. No. But at least they're listening to what's inside. Is like that. Yes, that's what I want. And then they say it. Right. So we get to maybe it's uh, not checking in with other people, but checking in with ourselves and just taking that deep breath mm-hmm. and being like, Do I want a snack? My body says yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so that's what so I want. simple. Okay. Yeah. So the second part of my question. Yeah. is when you were on your journey in the beginning like years of your career maybe starting to feel the pangs of I'm I'm called for something different something bigger something that's not this knowing mm-hmm. what you know today in your path that you've been disruptive what advice would you give that former version of yourself Can, can I hear that question again? Yeah. So I was hearing you tell your story. You were at Tough Mudder and you had started to dabble and like really listen to this calling that you knew you wanted to do a different kind of work. You wanted to let go of the societal pressures and the expectations. So armed with the knowledge and the wisdom that you have access to today, if you could go back and give that version of Marissa with the C <laughs> the advice of when she was questioning, of when she was wondering, can I really do this? What do you think you would tell her? Yeah, yes. Uh, it is like a trust yourself. You, you know that you know. There's no proof that needs to be provided. Like, you are the proof. <laughs> you are the proof. Uh, because what I, what I think about is all of the things that I did before, before even making the decision to leave uh, corporate, right? While I was there, I was creating spaces for my friends, right? I was creating, like, safe, disarming spaces for us to have conversations conversations about things that were difficult uncomfortable weird whatever I was already doing it so it's like girl you you already have proof let's just go like let's go (laughs) what are we waiting for yeah well if that version of Marissa could see you today I know giving yourself full permission to do it yeah wow yeah she's she would have never thought that she was moving out of New York, okay? Because New York is my baby, is where I'm from, who I was, right? Um, and who I am is Marissa, wherever she is located. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter where she's from <laughs> or where she calls home, right? And like New Orleans doesn't... is just home now. We don't even know what's up ahead. Yeah, and actually, my real home is in me. Yes. Right? 
So it doesn't it doesn't really yeah, home is in me. So I love this. Yeah. I so love <laughs> I love her I love too. And <laughs> I think you said something at the beginning of this episode that the answer was within me the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it always is. And it always will be. Mm-hmm. As long as you can remind yourself to breathe. Thank you, Marissa, so much for sitting with us today. This conversation was so good. (laughs) Absolutely loved it. How can people um, learn more about you, work with you? Let us know. Yeah, so many things. So I can be found on Instagram at Marissa with the C, -C M-A-R-I-C-A-W-I-T-H-A-C. Just changed it to that. It's my favorite thing. Um, Or on Instagram. Facebook or LinkedIn, Marissa Lowe, M-A-R-I-C-A-L-O-W-E. Um, right now, I have been doing breath work group sessions here in New Orleans at a, a local spot called Fruit Orleans. Um, I also will be offering once a month virtual breath work. So we have a, a, a virtual breath work session tomorrow night at 6 p.m. So you can check on my at Marissa with a C. Uh, Instagram or on my website at www.thepurplekittyny.com where all my events and everything are are noted. Um, I am also offering private sessions um, because I just completed my course and I need to make sure I get in my hours. Uh, The courses also certifications y'all beautiful thing right it teaches you the science and all of the background but it's not until you put things into practice that it is you know you get to do the thing so that's where I'm at and you can find that on the website as well or you can DM me and then lastly I have this uh, wonderful mastermind program called free living for black women that is in its second cycle Uh, we're doing virtually starting March 7th and in person here in New Orleans starting March 9th but it is meeting for eight weeks it is a co-created space using the seven spiritual laws of success it's a book by Deepak Chopra um, to help black women embody their most spicy, sensual, and sacred lives. So we do a lot of breath work, different immersive experiences, and learning to detach from the outcome of things, learning about giving and receiving and really being open, making space for what it is that we desire. Um, and the infinite possibilities that life has to offer us once we get rid of those shoulds, right? Um, <laughs> so it is, um, it is something that you can check on the website as well. It has its own page to learn more about free living for black women. Um, would love to see everyone there. And yeah, I'm just gonna I'm keep and I'm keeping consistent with the work that I'm doing and continuing to show up so even if you don't engage in any of those things check out the website check out my instagram and you know share with people that you think may be aligned with the um the message that i am sharing love it thank you for being with us today and we'll tag everything in the podcast notes and follow marissa Lowe. she's doing some big work i'm just honored (laughs) to be on the path with her thank you thank you so much Hey friend, thanks for listening. I'm so grateful that you took time out of your day to spend some of it 
with us here. If this show means anything to you, it would mean everything to me if you made sure to rate, review, and follow the show on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Especially, be sure to leave a review and let me know what you thought. I live for feedback. Because even though it's only me and my guest at times speaking into the microphone, into wherever you may be listening, I want this to feel like a conversation. So I want to hear from you. Lastly, be sure to follow Enough Labs on all social media platforms. Because remember, beyond this being a conversation, we're building a movement.